So, uh, for those of you who don't know, I had a nose job. Hey guys, welcome back to Starring Milana, the podcast. This is season three, episode seven. And um, if you're watching on YouTube, I am drinking a what seems like a gallon of orange juice because I am trying to avoid at all costs getting sick because a bitch cannot literally and figuratively afford to get sick. You feel me? Um, If you're listening on the podcast apps, that means there is a uh, visual to this. Visit youtube.com forward slash starring Milana. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can always listen on most podcast apps, especially Apple. Just search at starring Milana. Make sure to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at starring Milana. If you're new here, there are three segments. The first one is called BTS, where we recap my past week. The second segment is called Talkworthy, where we pick a few things going on in the media and we try to offer a different perspective. And the third segment is called Dropping Gems, where we pick a topic of the week and we drop a few gems. On the mic with me at Starring Milana, I have my producer, Lena. If you're watching on YouTube, you will not see her. She's in the background, um, but she's here, and she will pop in every once in a while with her two cents. Um, first, I want to say before I get started, Lena is the most considerate, sick person I have ever met in my life. This witch has been sick all week. Um, everyone is sick, but she's been, like, sick, lost her voice. By the way, if she sounds crazy, it's because she's sick. I just want you guys to know. But she has been, like, so considerate. Lysol wipes everything around my house or wherever we go, puts on this mask so that people don't have to <laughs> breathe her germs and her air. Um, she just does not want people to suffer through what she's going through. And Lena, for that, I thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, I don't want anyone to ever experience this level of sickness. We don't know what I have. Mm-hmm. Milana forced me to go to urgent care like five yeah. days ago, and I'm still sick. But Just making sure it's not the flu or yeah. like pneumonia. You know? Yeah, just... it was it not the flu. It was not bronchitis. It was not bacterial. It's some sort of viral infection but thank god i mean i'm way better now but give me a couple days and i'll be back all right then um this week we're gonna talk about everything ranging from poopery to hustlers the movie and plastic surgery so it's gonna be a great episode um i did mention last week if you listened that i did have some sort of surgery and that would be the topic of this week hint hint it was plastic so you will uh learn a little bit more about that in the last segment called dropping gems so stay tuned but first we're going to get into bts so this week, um, I discovered how to properly use poopery. I know that might sound silly to a lot of you guys, but I'm not a person who um, really pays attention to, to certain details, right? So you see a spray in a bathroom, and you think you just spray it in the air. I mean, I've been spraying Febreze in the air my whole life, um, you know, just room scent, anything. I've been spraying it in the air. So I thought the proper way to use poopery is to spray it in the air um, until... Lena told me, right? Yes, it told was me. me. Lena told me. I don't even know why. We, why were we talking about poopery? Because when your toilet flooded and then it was sitting in your bathroom, and we thought that the poopery like fell, <laughs> like the liquid fell into the mm. toilet, and that's why the toilet had like foam coming out of it. It was like a bubble bath like, yes. in the toilet, mm-hmm. and then. Milana's like, you don't spray poopery in the toilet, and I'm like, yes, you do. It's supposed to seal like the water, and then whatever happens, it seals the smell. 
And then that's when she learned that poopery is supposed to be sprayed in mind, the toilet and it's not a room spray. Mind fucking blown. I Googled it afterwards. I read all about it. Sprayed in the bowl. I mean, like, mind blown. Like, you learn something new every day. I know, probably sounds crazy, but, like, comment let me know if you just discovered this per my podcast because I had no idea. I don't read the fucking labels or the back of anything. I'm just like, spray, air, cool, done. Like, anyway, mind blown. Definitely works better spraying it in the bowl than in the air. I do have to say, I'm like, damn, what is all this hype about poopery? I mean, I guess it smells good and it's, like, organic, but, like, I can still smell my poop, you know? So it's like... Now I know the right way to use it, and it does work. Wait, do you know, though, that you're supposed to spray it in just, like, the water first before anything? Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, you I just spray need you to it, notice and then you and then you wait a second, and yeah. then you use the restroom. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But, like, also, you shouldn't have to wait a second, because, like, sometimes you got to go. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> anyway. Um, just to, that's all. That's all. I'm not going to keep going into poop. I want to give you guys an update about my 2020 determinations, because that was the topic of last week. I um, did pick up a book. The first book of the book club is The Artist's Way. And I have a lot of people DMing me ready to join. So today we are starting the first, you know, few pages or chapters of the book. Um, I have been keeping up with my planner. Lena and I have had the craziest week. We've probably been working till like almost midnight every day. And the only way I think I got through it, I don't know about you, is because of my planner. I remember to do everything because I'm writing it down the night before, um, as I'm going to sleep of all the things I have to do the next day or the next two days. So that's been really helping me. And I have meditated five out of the seven days. So I'm very proud of myself. Um, I'm going to continue that. Um, I have watched church online and I have been eating really good and cooking except for the other night when I had hot Cheetos and hot Fritos and, um, Fritos honey barbecue, which are so good. I was looking at her like I was waiting for her to be like, I'm pretty sure you just ate a whole bunch of shit last night. I did. And it was really tasty and I don't regret it because sometimes people fall off and you know, the idea is that you aren't so harsh on yourself and you keep going. That's the only way. So those are my 2020 determinations. By the way, guys, I have to tell you, before I started this episode, I was like borderline crying almost because I found out that Jeffree Star and Nathan broke up and my heart broke because even though I don't really keep up with Jeffree Star, I know their relationship and I just like think Nathan is like the cutest thing in the whole fucking world and I'm so sad about it. Um, so, you know, I really had to pep, my, to pep talk myself into finding some energy because I was really, really sad. Um, what else did I want to talk about? I just want to let you guys know that this week I really sat there and thought about how much I love like my apartment and where I live um, because, because of my apartment I found a new love for walking. Um, in LA, it's kind of hard to walk anywhere unless you live in like an area that's walkable because it's it's far to get from A to B. Um, and when I lived with my parents, like there's nowhere to go. You can walk to Seven Eleven. It's like almost a mile, basically, and then that's about it. So um, yeah, I just discovered that I love walking now, and I walk everywhere. I walk to the mall. I mean, I'm just like a walking person with my orthopedic insoles, and um, I'm really proud of myself. Another thing that um, happened this week, so I have an iHome. I don't really use it. I mean, I forget that it's there. Sometimes I'm like, what's the weather? But the thing is, this shit randomly will, like, 
I'll be talking to Gino and I'll randomly respond and it'll freak me the fuck out, right? I'll get like really scared like there's someone in the house. So two days ago I was cooking and I was watching Real Housewives of Dallas and um, they were talking about something and the iHome picked up from the audio of the show and and it was like it's behind me. The way my kitchen is, it's kind of like behind me. So I'm like cutting um, onions and I hear, I don't know what you mean. I... And it's a man's voice. Freaked the fuck out. I dropped my knife. I was shaking because I thought someone was there. And then I realized it was a fucking eye home. So I don't, I need to do more research. It's like how to turn this fucker off. Like to not listen to you unless you like say something like, hey Siri or you know, whatever. I need to figure that out because that shit is scary. It'll randomly say something. Like I'm laying in bed watching TV. It'll randomly say something from the living room. And I... I, I would never have purchased it. Let me be clear right now. I did not buy this thing. I am not really into these things. Um, it was a gift from someone who probably doesn't listen to this podcast, so like, no problem. Um, it was a gift. It's really like aesthetically pleasing with my decor. I like it. And it's something good to have if you want to play music for the entire room. Um, but I would have never bought it because I think that these shits are creepy. But anyway, um, I have it and I barely use it. But like, yeah, just... I, I mean, know. I have an uh, an Alexa. Potato, potato. To, yeah, it's the same thing. But you have to say, you have to say her name and then say something. But sometimes she gets tripped out and responds to things. I mean, <clears> I think. That well, I told him to go to sleep. <laughs> I said, "Hey Siri, go to sleep," and he goes, "I do not sleep." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god, this is like it probably blackmail. only it only." gets activated when it says, hey, Siri. but it's, No, but I wasn't... I'm telling you, there's times where I don't say, hey, Siri, which is like, I never say it that shit. It thinks something is being said yeah. that's similar to mm-hmm. Siri, but like, I just need you to know there's no way for you to like, I'm, turn it turn off. Turn it like, off ever? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> unless I unplug it? Yeah. I mean, who knows about that? Even I mean, then, it's still yeah. listening to the you. The shit's but. on, I know. Yeah, very Black Mirror of me. Um, another thing I want to talk about is, I'm. I feel like... I feel like I'm being targeted. Like, I'm on this, like, you know, health journey, whatever. I'm watching Housewives, and these advertisements keep coming up for the Grove Collection. I don't know if anyone's heard of this, but it's basically, like, a subscription service for cleaning products. I feel like I'm becoming, like, a 50-year-old woman. Nothing against 50-year-old women, but, like, really caring about the products that I'm using to clean my house. But this is why. Um, I was cleaning the other day, and I didn't wear a mask. I usually wear a mask. And I was doing something with a wood polish and this fucking chemicals went into my chest and my body and I wanted to throw up. I haven't cleaned without a mask on in years. I didn't realize how strong it was. And every time I try to clean something, I couldn't because the smell was so strong. And I'm like, I can't believe we're inhaling this shit. Um, And after the smell goes away, the chemicals are basically still there. I feel like they still live in the air. I have dogs. It's me. So I was like, no, there's got to be a better way. And ironically, here comes these ads for Grove Collection. So I was like, fuck this. Let me check this out. So I was online. I'm like, what kind of products do I need? I basically decided I'm going to change all of my household products. I'm still a little, like, conflicted about detergent. I did order their detergent, and I did order the dishwashing soap. I want to try it out. But it's fairly affordable. I mean, it's almost the same price, I feel like, as regular cleaning supplies. And um, it gets delivered to your house. So I'm going to try it out. It's going to get delivered soon. And I'll let you guys know. But I just, I have to tell you, like, I ordered $45 worth of stuff on my first order. And they gave me so much free shit. They probably gave me, like, 10 free items um, to try out. So I'm really, 
really impressed. It's all organic and like no chemicals and good for you and your health and apparently works really great according to the reviews. So I'll let you guys know about that. So the last thing I'm going to talk about in BTS is all the TV I've been watching. Um, so I don't know if I mentioned this last week, but Gino and I finished season two of the show You. Now, it's one of those shows that's so bad that it's good. Like, it's so fucking bad. You're like, oh, I can't, it's so cringy. Like, I can't believe I'm watching this. But when you watch the first one, there was like a lot of hype. So we watched it and I'm surprised that Gino enjoyed it enough to watch the second season. But you get like kind of addicted to his character and like the writing is like actually not so bad like it's corny but like the uh the way that they come up with the scenarios and everything it's it's really interesting so when season two came out Gina and I were like okay we're gonna watch it we watch it we binged it we loved it um but I decided like to figure out what has Penn Penn Badgley been doing since Gossip Girl because this is like I haven't seen him in anything else besides this I'm sure he has been but so go to this guy's Instagram oh my god he's a fucking gem of a man, okay? Um, he, he's cute, okay? But he also, like, uses his platform for, like, all this good in the world. Um, you guys know I'm really passionate about immigration, and, like, he is a fucking activist. He goes on his Instagram live with, like, immigration lawyers, and they talk about what the people who are, maybe are illegal immigrants or um, in the green card process, what they can do um, in this, like, state of the government, and it's just, like, so interesting to me. If you look at his page, it's, you know, it's, it's very, like, political, um, and it's also uh, very spiritual. So he practices the Baha'i faith, and he is very active in it. I mean, he goes to, like, um, support groups and just all kinds of things. He's very active about what's going on in Iran with the Baha'i faith. So I am, like, fascinated with this man, and it made me, like, really want to just support him and honestly anything he does. And if you haven't been to his Instagram, go. That's, like, not all that he does. He, like, can dance, and he's, like, really just, like, hip. He's, like, hip to the world. Um, another thing that I've been watching with Gino, we started a new show, is Mr. Robot. So, you know, I, th I think it's a cable show. I'm not really into, like, cable shows because usually they're, like, just not great. You know, it's not HBO. It's not Netflix. I can't really go there, I feel like. Um, but Mr. Robot is so good. And first, like, I didn't really pay attention to Rami Malek ever. And then I watched him in Bohemian Rhapsody with uh, when he played Freddie Mercury, Mercury. And I'm like, God, he has such an interesting look because Freddie Mercury was, I believe, Indian. So I'm like, where is he from? So he's Egyptian like yeah. Lena. Um and he, then I was like watching Mr. Robot and you know, I, he's like really like dreamy in a super creepy way on this show. Um, but so far so good. Gino and I are loving that. And the last thing I'm going to say is last night I binged cheer. Okay. As tired as I am, as, uh, busy as I am, I decided like there was a lot of hype about it. I decided to watch the docuseries Cheer on Netflix. And I was a cheerleader, so, you know, kind of resonates with me. But this is, like, competitive cheer, cheer to the next level. And I think I'm going to make it a topic for an upcoming week because there's just so much to talk about. But I really recommend, for those of you who haven't seen it, I really want you guys to watch it. It's only six episodes. It's, like, you don't have to be a cheerleader or an ex-cheerleader or anything like that to watch it. It is great. But one thing that I realized watching this is, you know, because, like I told you from my surgery, I haven't been able to work out. So watching these group this group of girls and guys really go there with their bodies like they're pushing their bodies to the next level to all like these limits watching them do this um made me miss working out and it's like i 
dreaded working out, like waking up and going to work out. It's like painful and like, it's not fun, you know, like everyone, you hate it and then you feel good after. Like that's the idea of working out. Um, I don't know anyone who's like enjoys it, but watching this made me realize just like being in the gym or just like pushing my body to, you know, a new, like a, a new limit. Like just like, I, I need to go back to yoga or a gym soon or I feel like I'm going to go crazy. Um, but that's kind of one of the things I took away from the, the docuseries. Please watch it. So when it's the topic of my show, you guys are like up and like can really participate in the conversation. And that's about it for the BTS segment. We are now going to get into Talkworthy. Um, last week, I filmed the podcast before the Golden Globes. So it was, you know, before I got to watch them. So I just want to um, recap a little bit because it's kind of, Old news, but just a few things from me. Um, let me see. Uh, Aquafina, go ahead, girlfriend. Congrats to her. So Succession is a show that I have been pushing on people. I think it's an amazing show, and it won Best Drama TV Series. So watch that. Um, Tom Hanks, what a guy, what a speech. So this was interesting. Fleabag won Best Actress over Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Uh, which that's an incredible show. That show and um, Rachel Brahashana, I don't know how to say her last name, but she's won for the past few years, I think. So that means Fleabag is actually good. Um, the movies category threw me off, though, because 1917 beat out Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and The Irishman, both incredible movies. I mean, Martin Scorsese, Quentin Tarantino, like the directors of our time, um, the movie and the director won over both of those in those categories, and I'm shocked. Um, I'm not going to watch the movie because it's about war. I think it's World War One. Not really into war movies. Not my thing. I can watch mob, mafia, mob, drug cartels, gambling, any kind of thing all day long. Cannot watch scary movies and cannot watch war movies. Too brutal for me. So congrats to them, but I'm not going to watch it. Um, but there are a few movies now that I want to watch, like Bombshell. I haven't been, like, keeping up. I didn't realize it was, like, Margot Robbie, Charlize Theron, Nicole Kidman. I mean, that cast. Like, I'm snoozing. So I have to watch that before the awards season, like, before the Oscars. I have to watch Knives Out. I need to watch Adam Sandler and Uncut Gems. I love Adam Sandler. Um, but, yeah, so there's definitely a lot of good, worthy movies. Good, worthy? Talk worthy. Talk worthy? Good, worthy. A lot of talk worthy movies. <laughs> Lena, you don't watch movies, huh? I do watch movies. I haven't seen any of those movies. You're missing out. I know. We should go to the movies then. But I've already watched. Oh, Irishman you can watch on Netflix. Okay. I don't know if it's your vibe though. It's true story. It's like no. a mob movie. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm into that. You need to watch that. It's super long. You might have to watch it in two sittings. Okay. Um, but no, you watch the Drake interview, so like you better be able to watch this shit. Yeah, I will for sure. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is amazing. Need to watch that. The casts are what's crazy in these. Like, you have... Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt in a movie, okay? And then you have, like, Margot Robbie, uh, and she was in that movie, too. And then you have, like, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino. I mean, like, the, uh, Joe Pesci. Like, these casts, these are, like, these two movies in oh, wow. one year. I didn't know that. These casts, and they're both, like, based on true events. One is, like, Irishman's, like, really accurate, the uh, well, per a novel. And the other one is, like, uh, a take on real-life events, and it's, like, the best directors, the best two casts on, like, different, like, spectrums. Like, mm. I feel like Leonardo and Brad Pitt and Matt Damon, they're, like, 
this group of men but over here like they're like a little bit of a younger generation so it's like you have these two groups of men who are just iconic these two directors that are like iconic and these movies are i am just shocked that 1917 one must be a good movie but then again like award shows get it wrong all the time yeah you can't go by the award you cannot shows. go by the award shows they literally get it wrong all the time so um the last thing I will say about the award show is uh, Ricky Gervais, who was the host. I didn't watch everything, so I really don't have an opinion on his hosting. I did watch the opening monologue, though, because, like, you have to watch it. Um, first of all, I want to say I'm glad they had a host because I think it's bullshit when award shows don't have a host. It's just, like, you take the excitement out of it. Like, I don't need – like, everything in the world is moving to technology. I don't need a fucking robot announcing who's coming out next. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, but one of the things that I found interesting in his speech is he – told the nominees to use their speech to take to thank whatever god and agent and take your little award and go basically is what he said he said don't use your platform to make political speech you're in no position to lecture the public you know nothing about the real world um so he obviously he might have been like kidding like he's a comedian i get it but i think there was a little bit of like honesty in that and i do know i hear this all the time i hear comments all the time people especially ones that um kind of tilt to the conservative side always talk about how they don't want their celebrities or these famous people to really get involved in politics kind of like stay out of it um and they don't like watching award shows because they feel like it's one big stage for people talking about politics i mean if we remember the oscars that one year it was all like me too or it was like oscars so white and it just like talks about a bigger problem that we face in the world and a lot of people say they don't watch award shows for that. They want to watch it to be entertained. So um, I, I understand that side of it, but I do think, like, this is where all the big, big wigs, big sharks are in this one room. Um, this is where most people are watching. I mean, yeah, the views have gone down on award shows, but over the past several years, people aren't really watching them as much because they're not watching them live. I think people are streaming them later, like people like me. So... Um, I think that, you know, they still have a large platform and an opportunity to say something powerful and meaningful and to talk about something that they believe in. And I don't think it's fair to, you know, tell them not to use their platform to speak, speak about politics. Like, what, what are they supposed to do? Use their social media only? I mean, some of them, most of them are not even on social media. But I think that um, if not then, then when? can people talk about things that they believe in? So I don't really agree with that part of um, his speech. I know that a lot of people actually do. So unpopular opinion. Um, next, I want to talk about Hooters. You guys, I'm so excited. Hooters announced meatless wings. Um, great news for me, because if you don't know, I have been a pescatarian for almost two and a half years. And it all started because I have a beef with chicken. Get it? Play out words. I got a beef with chicken. <laughs> you see, nobody's laughing, but it's okay. Because <laughs> it's only you, and you didn't get it. I mean, I get it. It's just oh. not funny, but it's okay. <laughs> Someone's laughing in their car. <laughs> um, I Chicken creeps me out. Sorry, chicken eaters. Chickens always creep me out. It's chewy. If it's not, I couldn't eat chicken if it wasn't fried to the bone. Like, I need it, like, beat and battered. I need all the shit out of the chicken so I could feel like all the chemicals of the chicken are gone, and I don't taste the tenderness and juiciness of the chicken. Do you know what I'm saying? So when I did eat meat, I was only eating fried chicken or hot wings, and I had a burger maybe like once a month, whatever. But anyway, I 
Um, I'm really excited about this because I've only, I usually have like cauliflower buffalo wings, but like they really don't do it for you. Um, the one time that I found a great like vegetarian wing option, the restaurant is closed now. So this to me is like life-changing news because it's Hooters. Like they're known for chicken, which means like they really put a lot of um, time and energy trying to find the best chicken wing or whatever it's like technically it's more of like a chicken tender I think is what it is um they really probably spent a lot of time finding the best one and they are working with I think it's called corn for to produce their chicken wings so it's not impossible meats it's not um the beyond meat companies it's called corn um so I was kind of did a little bit of research one thing is it's not completely vegetarian uh, it's not completely vegan, sorry. It is vegetarian because it has eggs in it. So this is kind of one of the reasons why I don't think I can ever be a vegan. I love cheese and like I kind of need to eat eggs because my, you know, I don't have a lot of other options. So, I mean, let me not say that. There's a lot of options, but eggs is a really easy option and they taste pretty decently if you get, you know, the cage-free organic, all that bullshit. So um, it's not completely vegan. Um... Let me see some some articles. This is what people are saying about it. People have already tried it. The meat is made with a product called mycoprotein, which is made from fermented fungi. Sounds gross, but it's basically farmed and cultured mushroom meat. So, sounds fine to me. Um, it's 420 calories for 10 pieces. That's without the sauce. Sounds great. Um, let me see. All right. So some people are saying that I've read three articles now. People are saying that it tastes so good. It basically tastes like real chicken. And I am shocked. And me and Lena are going to have to go do a tester. Milana is so thirsty for anything that's like not meat. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I can bank, I can bet you money that this is not going to taste good. But we could go try I it. I have read. And that these reviews are by people who eat meat. Oh. <laughs> These are not by vegetarians. So, I mean, like, we're gonna is it go. made from corn? Like, why? Or is the company The company's called smoke? Corn, but it's Q-U-O-R. And they make, oh. they've been making uh, vegetarian options since 1983. And this, so it's made out of mushrooms, basically. Basically mushrooms, yeah. I mean, we're going to but, but the reviews I'm reading, it's like it has a crispy fried taste as if you're biting into, like, a chicken tender. You know, when you oh. bite it. So, so. Mm. We're going to go try it, we'll guys. Try it. I'm we'll really excited. Back. I could literally cry. Maybe we just celebrate my birthday there. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, we need to try it before that. <laughs> yeah, we definitely need to try it before that. Um, so, anyway, just more exciting news for me. Maybe not the rest of you listening. Clearly, Lena didn't care. Um, I mean, I'm a carnivore through and through. So. Right. But one thing. Did you did you see Hustlers? Yeah, I saw it. Did you? Okay, okay. So, maybe let me talk about this and maybe you can oh, have I, your two sets. I already know what you, yeah. Okay, so I need to see Hustlers because I haven't seen it. You um, haven't seen it? No. I had no desire to see it because I'm thinking it's like another like, you know, corny movie and I was like, I'll just see it on a plane next no, time I take a flight. It wasn't corny. I thought it was done pretty well, well for like the topic. It has, it was done well because yeah. it was nominated yeah, quite a lot it's and good. it's doing good in uh, award season. So I was like shocked, but I still was kind of like, okay, I roll, I'll watch it on a plane. But now... This is why they say no publicity is bad publicity mm -hmm. because I feel like their box office sales are going to like skyrocket because people like me are like, oh, wait, what? I think a lot of people overlooked them. No, let me not say that because they got $150 million in the box office, so they did pretty good. But some people, like myself, 
probably overlooked the movie because they just thought it's like, whatever, <laughs> I'll just watch it at home. This isn't something I need to go to the movie theater for. You know what I'm saying? So it's not Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. This is how I processed it, which I shouldn't have. But what I'm getting at is like, with this news, I think more people are going to go and see it. Um, so apparently, allegedly, whatever, there uh, – wait, if you haven't seen the movie, let me just give you a really brief, like, history. So there was an article in the New York Times that was written about um, – I think she was an ex-stripper – and how her and a group of women um, basically, I guess, conned wealthy men into uh, – out of their money. So I think that's the gist of the movie. I'm correct? Okay, good. So um, she, the name of the woman, I think, who was, like, the lead of this, her name is Samantha Barbash, okay? But in the movie, they changed her name to Ramona, and they also changed a few things, but the sex of her child. Like, I think she has a, in the movie, she has a daughter. In real life, she has a son. Um, so this is, this article was written on her, and so they, the producers um, or the creators or somebody of this film of Hustlers went to her, found her, and asked her to sign off her rights to the movie and um, basically said that they would also put like a little bit of a like a documentary-style interview at the end of the movie uh, with her, like the real, the real woman, and they offered her $6,000. She declined. First of all, go fuck yourself. $6,000 is not worth anything like giving away my rights for six thousand dollars but that's basically what she said she said the same thing she said fuck this so i guess in the movie she concocts her own drug recipe to to drug her fucking client samantha barbara said in manity fair that first of all there are drug dealers for that second of all i would never know how to do anything like that the conco concoction is unheard of and making the drugs with her daughter in the house i'm actually offended by that that's attacking my character i'm a mother so this is what she said um, her lawyer added that her life has been turned upside down since Hustlers was released. She works with surgeons from around the world and owns medical spas and all the media attention has had an adverse effect on her business and has mentally drained her. In addition, in less than 24 hours since filing the lawsuit, she's been bullied on social media and has received physical threats and disparaging comments from JLo's fans, despite the fact that they are not suing JLo personally, um, they're suing the production companies. And the movie made over $150 million worldwide, and they're just looking for her to be compensated fairly for the use of her likeness and life story, which the production companies have refused to do so. so that's what her lawyer said. So, uh, according to the Los Angeles Times, Barbash is asking for $20 million in punitive damages and $20 million in compensatory damages and wants the company to turn over every copy of the movie. Um, okay. So, wait, I have one question before. Okay. So, they never, like, she never agreed and gave away... They never away. got her rights, no. There's but... It's probably because they changed, this, like... Usually, like, let me just say this really quickly. Usually production companies won't make a film like this and doing it illegally. Like, they, they either have found a loophole by changing certain things in mm -hmm. the story, which is how they got away with it. So I'm not a lawyer, but I highly doubt that she'll win because they probably found loopholes because they didn't get her likeness and then they changed something. Yeah, so but not... they're using her story. So the thing is... What she has on her end is the fact that they approached her, asking her for her rights. So she has that proof. So it's like, the, it's, yeah, they, they can always say it's inspired by events, 
But at the end of the day, it's kind of like... But they could they could have said that they did that if they wanted the story to be identical to what it was, and then right. they could have made changes after she declined. I definitely think that she has some leverage. I don't think it's $40 million worth. Let me be clear. And then her other request was to have the film pulled from every movie theater and, like, never shown again. Honey, like, it's not going to happen. Um, I do think that she should be compensated. This is also another unpopular opinion. Like, at the end of the day, all you have is your name, all you have is your story, and, like, although they changed her name, like, that is her story. Like, sit and think, like, how would you feel if you had something happen in your life or you went through an experience or this was you, basically, um, and somebody went and made a movie about your life, you lived it, you went through it, made a movie about your life, and because you declined to give your... Uh, because you, because you wanted to get paid more than $6,000, okay? That's basically what it is. Because you wanted more money, because rightfully fucking so, they went ahead and took your story anyway and made a movie about it. At the end of the day, I believe she should be compensated. I do not believe it's... You know, I don't know how much it's worth. It's not my position to say. Maybe not $40 million. Her lawyer saying that it's basically like ruining her current work um and her you know connections with these surgeons that work at her spas at the end of the day like all you have to do is one google search and you know who she is like she has criminal charges she's faced criminal charges um so i don't know obviously this movie could do damage but that's not probably not damage that's already hasn't been done so i don't know if i really believe that argument of it. it's like it's really ruining her current career i don't know about that but i do think that she should be compensated for her story um and her name even though it wasn't used, now everyone know who who's about. So I yeah, will I mean, say that. I agree with that too. But also, my question is like, she didn't know that they were going to continue into production. Like, she didn't know any. Probably not. I mean, these yeah. things are like top secret. You know, after they ask you for it and you say no, and she probably, by the way, had no idea that it was like even J Lo's production company. There's like five production companies attached to this. Somebody probably just came to her like, "Hey, we're looking to do a feature film on your life story. This is how much we're going to give you." are you willing to whatever, give up your rights? And she probably said no. I'm, I highly doubt they went in like, hey, this is, J-Lo's going to do your movie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, so, I do, yeah, I do think she should, like, basically to break it down, like, I mean, you kind of broke it down already, but she's suing for her likeness, and then she's suing for damages that the movie caused yet to her current. Yeah. And so now there's, like, two, two sides to it. Yeah. I do think she should get compensated. I mean to take her complete story like that. I mean, unless they're going to say, oh, it was inspired by instead of based off of true events. Yeah, and milk that shit. Be like, write a book. Like, the true story of the hustlers, whatever. Like, write a fucking book and, like, go for it. But get your money first. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is uh, Megxit. That's what's been coined as the term of Meghan Markle no longer wanting to be a duchess. Um, so it was announced on Wednesday... <laughs> That Meghan and Harry want to leave the royal family. This is the post that they um, put out on Instagram. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's long, so I'm just going to read a couple of sentences. After many months of reflection and internal discussions, we have chosen to make a transition this year and starting to carve out a progressive new role within the situation. We intend to step back as senior members of the royal family and work to become financially independent while continuing to fully support Her Majesty the Queen. So... First, people were, like, supporting them because, like, they should, you know, um, they should really live the life that they want to live. Then news came out that this was done 
kind of in a weird way. Like the palace did not know that they were going to release a statement. So that kind of probably created a little bit of like negative news. And then they released a statement on Kate Middleton's birthday, which is kind of like a little shady to me. Um, so that was interesting. But I do, I don't know how to, I, I know how I feel about it, but I feel like this is a developing situation. I need to know more. And this is one of those things that I just feel like we're never going to know. I don't think we're ever going to know the inner workings of this family, what really happened or is happening. Are they leaving because it's too much pressure and negative, um, like just negative publicity from England and the paparazzi and the news media? Or is it like internally she just cannot get along or is being mistreated or whatever the case is, right? Um, I think that a lot of it probably does have to do with her um, because he's been in the spotlight forever. But you have to remember, like, people are all putting the blame on her. He's always kind of been, been like, didn't really care. Uh, like, not didn't care, but he was a little more reckless and rebelled a little more than Will William ever did because he knew that he was probably never going to be, be king. And I'm going to say this, and it's going to sound bad. The only way this man, Prince Harry, could even, you know, be king is if, like, something happened to his dad, his brother, and all of his nieces and nephews. He's sixth in line. That's not going to happen, okay? This man was never going to be king at the end of the day. So I don't think it's strange or weird for them to want to step away from their responsibilities, um, especially when all eyes are on them. Now, what, what are they going to do? I don't know. Does that mean they're going to come to America where, you know, people appreciate and celebrate them a little bit more or her a little bit more? Maybe that's the case. I'm not sure. Um, you know what I would pay for? A fucking reality show. I'll pay for a reality show. Um because I'm a reality show whore, but that would be great. I don't I don't know what's coming next for them, but I just do think, like, I wish we knew more. I really do wish we knew more about their story um, and why they decided to leave the royal family or leave their I mean, duties. I think, like, it's interesting that they decided to leave because um, when the news and media were coming at them for their, like, grand, like, houses and summer houses and whatever, and saying that they're this is the money that they're getting from being a part of the royal family. So to use, like, the specific terminology of being financially independent, they don't want to be, they want to be known for, like, we want to make our own money, we want to, like, live life on our own terms. And obviously a lot of times, like, money is, like, the main factor when it gets in the way. But people were coming for them for the salary or the money they got from the royal family, and they probably were like, I don't want to deal with this anymore and that's like one part of it yeah I mean she has money from her career before and obviously it's not the same amount of money and he has money from um like a trust I think from his dad so it's not like they have no money and honestly it's one book deal and it's like done yeah like I mean one Netflix docuseries and done like I'm not I don't think they're gonna be like you know I don't think they're trying to be like the common beings walking working at no, you know No, but they don't want to be tied to that's what I'm saying exactly, the royal family yeah. money and then on top of that I saw a clip I can't find it now but I think this was back when people were um, coming at Megan when right after she had the baby and he was saying like this is my role now as a husband and he doesn't want to repeat the the past of his mother mm -hmm. and so that was like another key factor of why they wanted to leave but it was like a really heartfelt like he did like it was um, an I remember interview that. Yeah. yeah and so that's resurfacing and he's saying this is my role as a husband I want to like protect. I need to protect her yeah. and he's like look what happened to my mother like I don't want that to happen again and so he's making like a firm decision to get out of that and he can do that because area. he doesn't have that same level of like I guess responsibility the one thing that people are saying that's really tripping me out is like 
first of all, she you asked for this, her. But second, like, he was born into this, and people are saying, like, you can't, like, just turn away from your duties. Like, I'm sorry. Like, this, you're born into this, to, you're born into this is not for, like, I don't get it. It's not for me. Like, you're born into a certain country. You're born into a certain family. You're born into a certain environment. You're born into a certain gender. It's like... Just because you're born into it doesn't mean you have to suffer in it, you know? And that's one thing that I just completely disagree with. Um, I think, like, you only have one life to live, and if this is the way that they chose to live their life moving forward, it's like all we can do is just hope that they're happy and in love, and we can hope for a reality show. I mean, I don't know. what, what else. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, their decision should be respected, and it's like, I'm sorry, like, I don't, like, I don't understand the idea of like, oh, he can't leave his duties. Like, I'm sorry, you can just hire someone else to do whatever quote-unquote duties he had. Like, he's not going to be, like you said, he's far down in line um, for, like, anything a part of this royal family. So I don't think it's that big of a deal. Mm -mm. And they should just respect their decision. Yeah, and also, like, the monarchy shit, like, it's already, like... So there's already, like, a really thin line there because it's, like, it's 2020 and we still have, like, a monarchy for what? I don't know. I'm not, I don't want to insult anyone that's from, you know, England or any countries that have a monarchy. Respect your monarchy. Do your thing. I think the queen is, like, amazing. Like, she's – this is probably – she'll go down in history as, like, one of the greatest monarchs of our time or any time, I think. Um, love her. I watch The Crown. But at the end of the day, you know, it's, like – it's 2020, this con, this just the lifestyle and, and the expectations of you and having to wor- wear certain things, do some certain things, go to certain places, can't like work as a, she, when she was writing a, um, a piece for Vogue or whatever magazine, mm-hmm. it was like a, such a big deal. This is not the kind of work you're supposed to be doing. Like that is like such a, you know, that those traditions, that's such an old school way of thinking. Like that's the problem. I think that when some people look at the monarchy, they're like really like get with the times. Um, but then again, it's also tradition. So like for us in America, we don't have that. Um, and we just probably, we don't get it. We probably will never get it. But, um, yeah, I mean, maybe they're just trying to get with the times girl. Like probably she's trying to be a feminist. He's trying to be, you know what I mean? Like they're trying to get with the times. Um, so I mean, I love what they're doing. I support them. Yeah. Um, the last thing I'm going to talk about, I'm not going to go too uh, deep into it. It is um, also sad, you know, the Australia wildfire, wildfire is still going on. Um, I've been reading a few articles. It's saying that it's probably going to still last for another like two months, which is insane. Um, just to put this into context for you guys, this fire is 46% bigger than last year's Brazilian Amazon blazes, which is insane. There's 25.5 million acres that have been burned in Australia. Um, at least 25 people have died and more than 1 billion animals are feared dead. That is like, I can't even imagine. Um, one billion animals? One billion Amazon. And the total damage oh and God. economic loss will exceed $100 billion according to um, AccuWeather. So, you know, they've been spreading since last September. I just, like, don't know. You know, they're, they're, look, Australia has had fires for years. It's kind of like California has had fires for years. And there's always going to be a season of fire. Um, however, they are really attesting this one in particular to... Uh, climate change and global warming and the accelerating um the, the the global warming really accelerates the the spread of these fires so I, I don't know I'm just like it's it's sad I can't even imagine especially I mean these animals um so I'm gonna leave a few links where you can donate 
to help uh, for the fires, people, like first of all, for people, firefighters, and the animals. So they'll be in my description um, on YouTube and on the podcast app. So if you just look at the description, they'll be there. Um, and that's about it for Talkworthy. That's so sad. It's so sad. Yeah. The last, the last segment is Dropping Gems, and I want to talk about a misconception dun, 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 of dun. plastic surgery. So uh, for those of you who don't know, I had a nose job, and you know what? I'm really happy I did, because a bitch can breathe. Let me explain to you what happened. So basically, I have not been able to breathe properly for years. Um, it also hurt to breathe in all the way. Like I, my chest would hurt when I would try to breathe in. First of all, I couldn't because it was completely blocked. Um, I was working out and breathing through my mouth, like panting through my mouth. Panting the right word? Mm-hmm. Panting through <laughs> like that. Um, and I really just kind of attested it to allergies, and I do have allergies. But I always thought that it the case the the the, the reason. The sole case or the sole reason, sole case, sole reason, sole reason, sole reason, English, the sole reason for my lack of breathing um, abilities was because of allergies. And I've been going to ENT specialists for years. I have um, taken steroids, allergy medication, neti pods, I mean, anything you can think of and nothing really works. So I kind of just like, this is my life. Like, this is how I'm going to breathe forever. And it is what it is. Um, a lot of the times I sound nasally on my podcast and it's because of that. I'm not saying that it's going to, you know, completely change because I'm still always congested. However, I can breathe through my congestion. So what ended up happening is I went to an auntie and they, you know, checked on me again. They were just like, wow, like your septum is completely deviated. Like that's probably why you can't breathe. We did a CT scan. Um, and I went and got a second opinion and my left side of my nose had, um, 90% blockage in it. So I basically couldn't breathe at all through my left side. And so when I was congested on, you know, on my right side or congested a little bit, that means that meant I can't breathe at all. Um, so the, the options were live with it or get a septoplasty where they fix the septum. So I'm like, okay, I could do a septoplasty. Like, I think I want to breathe. Like I can't live like this forever. Then I was like well, if I'm going to have a septoplasty, if I'm going to go under anesthesia, I'm just going to fix shit that I don't like anyway. Now, let me be clear. I'm not making an excuse like, oh, like I needed to breathe. That's why I got a nose job. Like, yeah, I also didn't like my nose. So like I, whatever, I was going to get a nose job. However, I don't know if I would have went through with it if it wasn't for the um, deviated septum just because I'm really terrified of anesthesia and I'm like kind of scared of going under because you know someone your life and someone else isn't someone else's control so I don't know if I would have really went with it it would have had to been something that I was like it was really getting to me like I would have had to been so self-conscious about it for me to be like okay I need to have this plastic surgery um but that's just me personally it's not the case for everybody but I decided to you know say fuck it like I want to fix this issue in my life the idea is that like this is going to improve my quality of life so I decided to go with it. I, um, wanted, you know, minor tweaks to my nose, just raise my, um, tip a little bit. Um, the bump over, get rid of the bump, um, and just make it a little bit narrower. That was the plan. So it's been 
almost two months. I had this done right before Thanksgiving, and this is why I my silly ass thought I was going to come back two weeks later on camera, but I was so unbelievably swollen that I didn't even look like myself. I looked, you know, really crazy, and also it hurt to even, like, talk. Um, it didn't, I didn't have any pains after the surgery. I guess let me just get into, let me just get into this with you guys. I'll talk about the whole process. Um, went in, talked to the doctor, decided what we were going to do. Um, then I, the surgery was about two and a half hours. Um, kind of like a breeze. I didn't really hurt. I didn't feel any pain. The surgeon was great. I, I have no pains, had no pains. The only thing that I will say is the discomfort is on like level 10. I try not to take any kind of medication or painkillers or anything like that, but I was so uncomfortable to the point where, like, I couldn't sleep. And if you don't sleep, like, you know, you're just a zombie. So I had to take painkillers, like, twice just to fall asleep because it's so uncomfortable. You have to basically sleep sitting up. Um, your nose is completely, like, closed with stints. So you cannot breathe through your nose. You have to breathe through your mouth. Um, and it's just really an uncomfortable week until they remove the cast and remove the stint. And you can kind of sleep a little bit better. So I just took those painkillers, but besides that, had no pain really. I just like feel it. It's like a little bit of discomfort, like, oh, this is kind of aching, but it's not like pain to the point where like you need to take medication. My doctor told me I'm probably going to still be swollen for a year and a half. So like this isn't like the final product of my nose, but you know, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. I think it looks really natural. A lot of people can't even tell. Um, actually, most people can't even tell. I don't think people really know until I told you guys, but I really wanted to tell you because like, First of all, good topic to talk about. Second, like, why hide it? It is what it is. So my surgeon basically told me it's going to take a year and a half to get to the final look. I'm not trying to wish time away, but I am really <laughs> hoping that it heals faster than that because, you know, it's really swollen. It's kind of, like, unevenly swollen, so it doesn't really look... To me, it doesn't look great, but most people can't tell. I can obviously tell. And I cannot work out yet. I cannot um, fully go to, like, Orange Theory they say you can probably start working out like a month or two after, but I just feel like it's not my, my bones aren't fully healed yet. So I don't want to risk it and go and work out. I am going to start. Um, and they're probably talking about like light workouts, orange theory. That's not a light workout. Like you're running, rowing weights. So I'm probably going to start walking on a treadmill this week and then try to make it to yoga in a week or two. Um, and I need to just get back into shape because not working out is really killing me. Um, but I just want to talk about plastic surgery for the rest of the, the segment because this is what the topic is about. So, you know, over 17 and a half million people have surgical and minimally invasive procedures a year. This is in 2018. And remember, a lot of those are like Botox and fillers. But um, some of the most common plastic surgeries are like eyelid lift, facelift, um, breast augmentation, liposuction, and rhinoplasty, which is a nose job are basically up there. Um, for me, I think that plastic surgery is a great thing. I think it's here for us to use. I didn't really hate my nose to that point, but I didn't like it. The other, the other thing is um, I think that most people who've never had plastic surgery assume that people who do lack self-esteem or they're really insecure about something and I cannot speak for everybody. That may be the case for some people. But I know a lot of people who have had plastic surgery. And they're not really that insecure or have that much, that low of a self-esteem. I was not very insecure. Something I didn't like. But I didn't think about it every day. I didn't look in the mirror and was like super bothered by it. I didn't um, think that it was going to improve 
my um, feelings about how I was going to look. You know, I think that I didn't like it enough to change it. Sure, great. But if I didn't, I think I would have still been okay. It wasn't eating me up alive every single day that I didn't like my nose. Um, I still loved myself and was still very confident prior to my surgery. And I think that is a misconception that people who have plastic surgery lack confidence um, in themselves, whether it's their outer appearance or their something about their personality. That's something else I hear. Like you must really not hate yourself or not like something about yourself to want to fix your outer appearance thinking it's going to make you feel like a better person. I just do not think that that's the case for everyone um, and actually most people. So I do want to say that about the misconception of plastic surgery. Um, but I do want to leave you with this. I think that if you are going to do it, only do it for yourself. Don't ever have a procedure or plastic surgery because you want to appease someone else or because, um, you know, you think that someone is going to love you or want to stay with you or you think you're going to get somewhere ahead in life if you have a, a certain procedure. I just think that it really has to be for yourself and something super, super personal. Um, never feel like you're being pressured into it. And Again, if you want to fix something and it can be fixed, fix it. Like, it's your life. I do want to say that I feel like a lot of people, there's like a shame put on some who have plastic surgery. I don't think it's anyone's place to judge. Um, I always say that the reality is it would be great if everyone can admit what they've had done, right? I feel like if we can hear from these celebrities or from these models or from whoever, talk about what procedures they've had done, it would be great because it would almost put everyone on the same like level playing field. You know what I mean? Like like no one really looks like this or some, you know, whatever the case is, I think it would be great. But that's really not the case. And I don't think that um, that's ever really going to happen. Some people will say, oh, I got this done, but we'll never mention this. Or some people will never say anything at all. And that's none of our business. I think that it would be great. But if people don't talk about it, they just don't talk about it. So I don't think it's our business to um, kind of, you know, make assumptions or comment or talk about other people's decision to have plastic surgery because it is so personal um, for whatever reason they decided to get it done. So all in all, aside from, you know, looking cute, I do think and hope that this is going to improve my quality of life, my ability to work out, um, and, you know, find a better angle when I'm taking a picture. I just think, like, if more people admitted that they've, had plastic surgery, then it would be more accepted. And, and if it's done in a healthy manner and in a healthy environment, um, I mean, every, everything can definitely be taken to an extreme. So I think that's where it gets like a little rocky, but I don't think there's anything wrong with it. If it's, um, if you're in a good frame of mind and you have a good support system and from your foundation is strong about who you are and like yourself and your inner and outer beauty. But yeah, I mean, I think the misconceptions and people lying about it in this like high level attain uh, a, trying to attain a high level of beauty for young women especially is is difficult um, and I think if more people were honest about it then we would close in on that gap a little bit and like again specifically women uh, more so I mean it, men also do um, different type of procedures but more so for women we wouldn't be as hard on ourselves um, in beauty and, and young women wouldn't look to celebrities and models and and wonder why they don't look like that or that that why yeah young women wouldn't look to celebrities and models and aspire ask, well, yeah, like, aspire yeah. to look like that or 
not love themselves for their unique um, mm-hmm. features. I mean, the only last thing I'll say is that I also do believe on the other end of the spectrum that there is imperfection. There is beauty and imperfection. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, it's all like a fine line. There's an extreme side and then there's a balance. I think everything in life should be balanced if there is something that severely bothers you. Or like, even for examples, like mothers who've had three children, like, yeah, they're going to want to get a breast lift. Like breastfeeding is so hard on women's bodies. And if you're used to your body being a certain way and then you've breastfed three kids and now your no breasts, shame in the game yeah, at all. your breasts mm-hmm. don't look the same. Like that's hard to accept. You're not yourself anymore. So again, like just make sure that you have people who support you and you're going to the right doctors and you know what I mean? And it's not breaking the bank for you and you're not spending all this money you don't have just to look a certain way. Like I think there's different steps and measures that should be taken. So it's in like a a healthy environment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those are just like a few of my thoughts and takes on Thank you on for it. sharing, Lene. I know it's hard for you to get out with your uh, Yeah, I can, I'm sick. trying to talk and it's like a struggle. <laughs> well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, I know I dropped a bomb on you guys, but now I'm sure all of you are going to go to YouTube to see what I look like with my new nose. So <laughs> here it is. Um, again, still swollen. Probably looks, I think it looks the same or worse than it did before because it's still like not where it's supposed to be. But, um, it is what it is. Patience, I guess, young grasshopper. Um, thank you guys for listening to myself and Lena D on the mic. I think we want to call you Lena D. I think you need Lena N doesn't work. We need to give you What's another Lena D. Because you know it's like people are like, oh Lena B, like Lena D. It's like an initial, but so like what your does initial the D stand for. My nickname is Lena Bobina. You can call what? me that. When I grew up, my nickname was Lena Bobina. Wow, you guys were really bored in Saudi. No, this was my nick my cousins in America, oh, in America? <laughs> called me that. So Lena B? Yeah, Lena B. Okay, cool. So Lena B, because Lena N is not working for me. I tried it. So thank you for listening to myself and Lena B on the mic in the corner in the back of the room. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you want to share this because you feel inspired or something in this episode touched you, make sure to tell all your friends about it. Um, you can tag me whilst you're doing so at Starring Milana Instagram and Twitter. And, of course, give this video a thumbs up. Leave a rating and a review both on YouTube, forward slash starring Milana, and the podcast apps. I will be back next Monday, hashtag Milana Monday. I hope you guys have an amazing week and be healthy and kind. Thank you.